Thank you again to Jake Shapiro, analyst for denversports.com. Chris and I were talking about the Struess half-court shot and, you know, just discussing what Struess did leading up to that 5-for-5 and whether or not it feels like the Kings are good at force-feeding players when they're hot now when keegan dropped what was it 47 47 that was off they were that was obvious right but two shots two made threes and you still have a chris duarte deciding (laughs) i'm gonna pull up with 18 seconds left on the shot clock that's a problem for me yeah it's just like sometimes the king's offense can be a little bit too equal opportunity yes and it's like you know I would just like to see a game where De'Aaron takes it to, uh, you know, DeLon Wright. Like, yeah. you know, maybe DeLon Wright's not the right guy, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, No, he is the right guy. He might be. He, yeah. I mean, you know, if there's ever going to be a guy, like, right. it's it's he's he's not, you know, he's, he's not uh, on the marquee or anything. No. So, you know, it's not the craziest thing uh, to see. You know, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like, yeah, down the stretch, would the Kings even ever go to a game plan like that where they're feeding – I mean, the equivalent, Max Struess equivalent would probably be, I mean, yeah, you brought up Keegan Murray, um, maybe Kevin Herter. I guess, you know, if Malik were were hot like that, he absolutely would, would be able to take over. But I don't know. Like, it's just tough for me to imagine somebody on the Kings doing what Max Struess did yesterday. Not necessarily that they don't have guys capable of it. It just feels like that's never been how the how this Kings team wants to play. And uh you know, I think there's pluses and minuses to it. Obviously, the minus being uh, you don't you don't have moments like this where guys just catch fire. I mean, we kind of saw a bit of it, I guess, uh, in that last game against Miami when Keegan hit two and mm-hmm. and uh, and Herter hit one. But even then, it wasn't. It didn't feel like they were you know forcing them the ball like they probably should have been. I mean, it was more about we need buckets. Yes, some anybody, way, somehow. Anybody. It's not in the flow of the game and and. Maybe that's a good thing, but when you look at the defense, when you look at the offensive rating, this is not what it was. Last season, it's hard to have any complaints. This season, you're sitting at what was it, 13th? That I say Something in like offensive that, yeah. rating, you could be better. You're not even in the top 10. You went from number one to outside of the top 10. Yeah, they are currently 13th in offensive rating right now. That's not good. It's not great. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely not spectacular. For right, sure. right. It's not. It's not. It's it's good. Yeah. But it's not as good as it was last season. And part of the reason the Kings were so good with their offensive rating last season was because of De'Aaron Fox, the reigning clutch player of the year. But according to Bovada, (laughs) he will not be repeating. Steph Curry is the overwhelming favorite to win clutch player of the year, a minus 370 to win clutch player of the year. So just hand it to him now. Devin Booker at plus 1,000. Damian Lillard at plus 1,100. Shea Gilgis Alexander at plus 1,100. DeMar DeRozan at plus 2,000. De'Aaron Fox at plus 4,500. I don't like He's it. tied with Becky Hammond's favorite player, <laughs> Jalen Brunson. <laughs> I, so there you, you know. go. And also tied, three way tie between those two and Jokic, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's, I, like, I mean, it still becomes, you know, last year, I guess, was the, was a little bit more obvious that it would be De'Aaron, but like, you know, has, like you, I think you told me earlier in the day that Steph was the favorite, and I was like, okay. Like, I mean, it's just it yeah. feels like something that you should just know, right? Like, it's if if someone's being the clutchest player this year, like, 
I mean, it becomes the question that everybody asked last year. Like, how do you how do you quantify what is clutch? Well, the clutch points, what? That's yeah. points made after the three-minute mark, uh, right? Five minutes five to go, minute five-point game with under five minutes. And I'm looking at it, and Steph, in, in the NBA.com clutch stats, like, Steph is head, head and shoulders the best. He has the most total points by 50. Uh, he shoots 50% from the field, 47% from three. Uh, in clutch situations, most importantly, 94% from the free throw line, De'Aaron, uh, who shoots 65 But this whole thing is flawed, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like how the you... nine seed right now. Well, and that's the thing, too, is he's essentially being credited because his team is in so many close games. Like, it's right. because the team isn't good that he has such, I guess, he has more opportunities. Like, Steph has been in 33 clutch situations De'Aaron's been in 24. But I have a problem with the idea of the clutch metric. I understand why it is what it is. Yeah. Five-point game under five minutes in the fourth. I get all that. But at the same time, I would say there is a huge game tonight in Denver for the Kings, right? right? And, again, this is why I I don't think it's quantifiable and and it's always going to be a bit flawed like every other NBA award it feels like because if the Kings come out and beat the brakes off the Nuggets that was a and De'Aaron has 40 nothing is going to move the clutch meter mm. as far as I know I hear what you're saying because I don't know unless if this it's is, in a clutch situation right I don't right. know if this is purely based I'm sure yeah. it's about 80 percent is the actual clutch metric I would that's guess why it was 90 cre- yeah. that, is that NBA.com NBA.com okay so it's that's clear that that is what yeah. they're using yeah so anything outside that metric doesn't matter where it's to me they were the three seed last season. Right. So those clutch performances also help propel them to a three seed. Right. The, the Warriors are fighting for the play-in. Yeah. So are, are we just saying the Warriors are trash? And and because of how – what were I mean, how many teams are there in the West? So without Seth's clutch performance, they're in the basement with right. the Spurs? Right. No, I agree with you. I'm like – I'm totally there with you because why – you know, how is it not more clutch for Anthony Edwards, to your point, to score – or Shea, we'll say Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. If Shea scores 25 points in three quarters and his team just doesn't even need him in the fourth quarter, right? how is that, b- by this definition, less clutch than, you know, Steph's team being in a back and forth with – it can be anybody. We'll say the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Warriors are in a close back and forth with the Spurs – and, yeah, Steph scores eight points in the final five minutes. How is that more clutch than than OKC taking care of Sacramento right. and uh, not even needing Shea in the fourth quarter? So, because Steph is so good, instead of the 15th seed. But his team seed, is bad also. <laughs> yeah, instead of the 15th seed, they're the nine seed due yeah. to his clutch performances. Yes, right. So, if I remember correctly, the ESPYs, they have the clutch performance of the year. And yes, I'm they have pretty clutch sure performance, yeah. That Steph was in that category when they beat the Celtics, right? Okay. When they it was game six, it was in Boston. Sure. All of that work that Steph did was in the third quarter. That's when he pointed to the ring and things like right. that. So, based on the metric, <laughs> Steph had no clutch points right. in that game. Right. But it was a clutch performance. Right, exactly. And this is where the question was. I mean, this is why people last year were seven. super confused. Same with Game yeah. Seven. Yeah. If I'm because Game Seven was it ever? It wasn't ever <laughs> it was, that close. It was not. No. By the end of the third quarter, that thing was decided. No clutch points. Yeah. Though. No clutch points. Exactly. But it was a very. I'll tell you what. It was a clutch performance. Right. The, the Warriors needed every single one. Well, not every single one of those fifty, but yeah. it helped. Every single one helped. So, 
Um, yeah, no, you're totally right, and that's that's why this award is so confusing, and that's why I, you know I don't know if this award is going to last long because I just I don't know how you can how you can justify one guy over the like it feels like everybody's going to have their own criteria of what Do they clutch get rid is. of awards. You said you said I don't know how long it'll last. Have they gotten rid of awards before? I don't know, but they've also never away. added awards like this. Yeah, before. that's true. So, you know, well, I'm sure maybe they've added like most improved or something. But yeah. I mean, something as random as this, like it feel, I don't know, it feels like you could. I, I yeah, you know, or it just doesn't really get talked about. In exactly. Fi- in five years, these right? Because I mean, NBA baseball has tons of awards. It. You know, I don't. They Silver have like Slugger yeah, like the and, Hank Aaron Award yeah, winner. Yeah. Like who? Who's the Hank Aaron Award winner? Yeah. It, so it could just be like you said, one of those things where they name it every year, but nobody actually knows. But it feels like um, you're asking your voters to actually do some like real deep dive research in order to figure that out and let's just be happy that De'Aaron got the first one and because now that it's a thing you know that that's how you know whether it matters or not if they're willing to give it to a king it must not matter that much (laughs) because they don't want to give the kings anything and that's the thing is last year was so obvious though right right exactly and now that each year you're going to have Based on who won the year before, hey, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you gave it to somebody in the three seed, yeah. and now it's overwhelming. I mean, it's basically over with, yeah. right? And and now you're going to give it to somebody who might finish in, in the play-in, and dare I say might not even yeah. make it if they fall off a cliff, which right. they probably won't. But, yeah. And then, like, I mean, what if, you know, I haven't looked at the numbers, but also I I feel like this award was meant to be, oh, my gosh, there's so many – buzzer beaters in the NBA like yeah. we're going to have somebody hit five buzzer beaters in a year and it's going to be talked about oh clutch player of the year clutch player of the year and De'Aaron did that last year that's exactly what De'Aaron did last year he had the Chicago game he had the Orlando game winner he had a couple more that I'm sure I'm forgetting about um, but this year there just hasn't been like there was the is Max Struess now in in contention for clutch player of the year? I mean like, he should be. You know, Damian Lillard had that three earlier. Like I just think the bigger point with Steph is like yeah his numbers might be terrific, and I promise this is not just a Chris hates on Steph thing. But like mm. what has been Steph's? I think he had a game winner, did he not? He did have because I know he has season. like a really terrible right. stats of like buzzer beater game winning yes. opportunities. He's like three of 60 or something it's It's not not that but it's 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 something not great great at all so it's like how like again what is the the core definition of clutch and it just feels like nobody's going to be able to pin that down so and just joking about well and we can do it this way and just joking about the max Struess. i mean that keeps them in the two seed and the bucks the bucks have 21 losses the Cavs had 19 they lose that they go to 20 losses so i mean Take that for whatever you want to take it with. And if you take a look at everybody else, you mentioned some names that are also in the the running for it. All the names that are in the running for it, it doesn't get squirrely until DeMar DeRozan. So you have Steph, but then after that, you have Devin Booker, who obviously they're in the mix. You have Dame, who obviously they're the three seed. You have Shea, who they are the top two seed. And then you have DeMar DeRozan, who's on the Bulls. Yep. De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunt, so a little bit lower lower down there. But, yeah, the top – out of the top five – I mean, yeah, yeah. They just don't know what they want because out of the top five guys right now, you have Steph and DeMar, and the Bulls aren't even going to make anything. No. 
Yeah, but I'm looking at DeMar's totals. It, I, I think you're right. Like, I think that this is all just based off of the the uh, NBA.com clutch stat because DeMar is number two in total points in the clutch as well. So um, clearly, that's that's to, that seems to be what they're what they're valuing is is just the the definition of of the the clutch metric because Demar has the second most total points in the clutch and he's shooting 50 50 splits in in the clutch and as you mentioned I mean the Bulls are nothing special but they've been in the clutch 30 different times this year so mm-hmm. I, I guess it, they really are just leaning heavily on that clutch stat but um, you know I just, I just think that's not a very good it shouldn't be the only barometer of of what clutch is. And can it change? Like, really, uh, it isn't this award will. truly determined right now anyway? Yes. Like, who cares if you were clutch in the first 30 games of the season? Like, shouldn't the award really be the second half of the season? Who has the most moments that, to your point, like, actually change the standings? Like, whether it be keeping your team up in the standings based off of clutch moments or clutch performances or, you know, just just having clutch moments in general during this stretch? It feels like... I, I don't even know why they – I don't know. They, they, again, if they are going to remove an award, it feels like this is definitely one to get rid of. just doesn't make sense. Wet Blanket Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. That's Th- true. There you go. Coming up next, we are discussing the keys to the game. And a quarterback is very excited. His agent posts something on social media. But what does it all mean? Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. I don't think playing the audio would do it justice, but there is a video circulating of Justin Fields. His manager posted a video of him with no shirt on in his kitchen. And in the background, you can hear who I believe to be his manager say, you ready to go home? And the word on the street is that is essentially... Not confirming because it's not confirmed yet, but that Atlanta? it's swirling around that he's going to go to the Falcons. And you had Raheem. Makes sense. You had you had Falcons personnel speaking yesterday. Uh, literally, I don't know if you saw this about Ritter and uh, not about Ritter, but they said if we had, I, I believe it was Raheem Morris. He said if Raheem Morris says, "Here you go." If we had better quarterback play, I may not be standing here at the podium oh so basically he's saying it's a good team but the quarterback was trash essentially the quarterback got the coach fired is e- what he's saying. exactly exactly and the falcons go on to say we're gonna find somebody that represents the city i believe so okay those are a lot of wow okay yes yes so is that Justin Fields? Who knows? Sounds I mean, like it. In theory, that could be nasty. That could be Michael Vick part two, if, if done <laughs> well, right. Uh, if done right. If done right. Yeah. That I would mean, be the model. Yeah, that's just like, that's a that's that's a lofty comparison. That's just, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, before the season, people were saying Brock Purdy reminds them of Joe Montana. And I was like, that's, that's insane. And now uh, that seems to be the prevailing comp. So I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just... To hear it said that based off of where Fields has not that Fields not hasn't say, ran. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Michael Vick. I'm just saying Falcons. 
He runs. <laughs> I'm just saying there's some there's some, you know, parallels there. I think it's more just the freaks of nature that they would have at their skill position where you have Kyle Pitts, Pitts. who's the most broken tight Bijan. end. We were joking about him yesterday. Bijan, who we saw walking around the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then to have Great Justin guy. Fields on top of that as well. And Drake London. Can't forget Can't about forget Drake London. Drake too. London. That Oh, that's something there. That's what I'm saying. So this was, yeah. this Especially in that division. Oh, my gosh. NFL on CBS, yes, they sat down with Raheem Morris, and he said they want a quarterback who is, quote, the best fit for our city, close quote. Not And system. then he goes on to say <laughs> team. people are going to read into those words, whatever, close quote. <laughs> It's Justin Fields. It's probably going to yeah. break during the show. So he knows that he's used those words is what it yes. sounds like. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that definitely sounds like Justin, Justin Fields. Fields then. I mean, it makes a lot of he sense. He started at Georgia. Yes, he did. And then made his way over to yeah. the, Ohio the Ohio State. State. Right. And from what I understand, too, there's a lot of feelings from Georgia. I mean, you know. Atlanta, as much as they like, they love Georgia football. Like that, yeah. I, 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 our old boss used to be from Georgia, and he would mm-hmm. tell us all the time, like Georgia football is up there. It might even be number one or number two in terms of what they care about. It was a big deal when Justin Fields transferred out of there. He was kind of supposed to be the prodigal son from Atlanta or from mm-hmm. Georgia. Plays for the hometown team, brings them into prominence. And then he transfers like it's kind of always been the what if the yeah. the white whale out there. And so, uh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. They obviously need a quarterback, um, you know, and it's a really bad division. So it, it makes a lot of sense. But I, I just don't know if, you know, I mean, it's still you still have the question of what is Justin Fields? I don't think that answers, you know, just because he might be the best be on the best team in that mm-hmm. division. I still don't know if I would bank on him long term, and I think he still has a year left on his deal. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's the best probable fit for him. But uh, I don't know if that's guaranteeing it's going to work because it hasn't worked with Kyle Pitts and uh, Bijan last year. Yeah, but that was Desmond Ritter, yeah, and I for sure. don't I, think Desmond Ritter is very good. I don't know how good Justin Fields is. I think that's I know important. he's better than Desmond Ritter. How much better is the question? That's the he's question. Better. Is how much better, Chris? He's be- come on now. He's because he, he's a better runner, for sure. We'll just we'll see. We we'll just see. gotta get yes. out there. No, yet. we will see. But I've seen a right lot now, of Justin Fields. I hope and this I've, breaks because I, I can't wait to make a bet with you. Cold. No, I, love, I need to make a bet with I you. I wanted Justin Fields to be great. I wanted the Vikings to take Justin Fields when they took he's him. Got time. But I'm telling you, I've seen him play football the last what two or three year two years, and as a passer, it just has it's not been there. It has not been there. He looked better the second half of last year, but. I'm, you know, it's it is it is a better option than Desmond Ritter, but I just I wouldn't. It feels like Baker Mayfield going to the to the Bucks, where it's yeah, you you might have patchwork something here, but is that going to be your franchise guy? I I wouldn't. No, that's not the same. You know what Baker is. You don't. You don't. You literally don't know. Why? Why? (laughs) Why do you know what Baker? Like Baker had a terrific year, but you know what Baker is. How do you? How do you? (laughs) What, you think Baker hasn't hit his ceiling yet? I mean, after last year. I mean, I think last year is probably the best that Baker is going to play. But sure. I'm just saying I am viewing Justin Fields going – I would view Justin Fields mm-hmm. going to the Falcons in the same light as, yeah, sure, this season you're going to be better at that position and you're probably going to be better as a team. But am I going to sit here and say if you bring in Justin Fields this year, he's going to be your quarterback the next four or five seasons? We don't know that yet. We don't know That's that That's what yet. I'm saying. Yeah, we don't know that yet. But I I, I would feel – I would feel – 
confident. I think in their, I, I just have them in the same tier. I would not feel confident. In no, the right same now though, them. fine, right now. Yeah, but Justin Fields was in a rougher situation. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to have more weapons, he's a lot weapons. better weapons for sure. But I, I don't know if weapons were the problem with Justin Fields. I'm just talking about the quarterback, Justin Fields. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. We, we have to see. Yeah. Yeah, we have to see. I've seen. I, yeah. I hope he goes to Atlanta. I do. I, you better I do too, not because it's the best spot for him. You better not let him ball out, Chris. You won't hear the end of this from me. I, yep. I I'm, know you. I'm sure he'll play well. I didn't. I did not once say Justin Fields will not play well. I just said I don't know if he's going to. You be. are not confident that he will play well. I'm not confident he will be their franchise quarterback. Okay, is all I'm saying. I am confident. I am more confident than you okay. that he will be their franchise guy. He's not the only one from that draft class who is going to have an opportunity. Zach Wilson has been oh given permission yeah, to another seek one. a trade. Now, now, can we we'll agree on Zach Wilson? We I mean, will come agree on, on Zach Wilson, I hope. I yeah. actually saw somebody say, a Niner fan say, why don't we take oh, a no. flyer to back up Brock Purdy? You got rid of Trey. Yeah. What is with y'all in the 2021 <laughs> draft class? Somebody want them all. Justin Fields, leave it alone. Leave it all. You want you want to make it. They just did a lot of scouting that right. year, and they were like, right. look. Like, I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> with I'm something. leaving here okay. with something. Mac Jones is available, too. Mac Jones, okay. uh, is he, he probably he is probably in some capacity. Is. No, he definitely is. Nobody is talking about that now, and I'm firing up Tankathon. Why is nobody talking about the Patriots – is it because Bill Belichick is now gone? Why is nobody worried about the Patriots who have the number three pick yes. coming back into prominence? I Nobody's think, talking yeah. about the Patriots. I think it's the Bill Belichick angle. Yeah. I think that people are just too distracted with like, oh, he's gone, so now they're definitely going culture. to be worse. Culture. Exactly. The culture is gone. But uh, I think that was the point of bringing in Gerard Mayo is he's a dude who's been in that building. He played for the team. He knows the Patriot way. Um, it's really just a matter of who they're going to get at number three, right? Because they're on the outside looking in. Not that they're not going to get a quarterback, but they're going to at that three spot, depending on, you know, it seems it, if Marvin Harrison sneaks in there or if it's going to be Williams, May, Daniels, mm-hmm. which guy they end up falling for. So I think it's just nobody really knows who the guy that they're going to end up with. I, I love this time of year. I love the combine. Now Combine's you see pretty great. Milton now. Yeah. Why doesn't he that have a first-round grade? I love the Bro. ups and downs. That this is, man is massive. We got March Madness coming up soon, too. Yeah. This is the best time of the year. I know I there's no actual football going on. That's fine. Baseball is about to start. This is the best time of the year right now. We And it's the best time of the show right now because we have the roundtable coming up next with Brendan Nunez and Frankie Cardicelli. When we return, in the meantime, I will be showing Chris highlights of Justin Fields, <laughs> reminding him that he can throw a football. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. It's roundtable time, and don't forget, in an hour and a half, your chance to win tickets to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge. Thunder Valley Casino Resort, March 30th. That's at 1 p.m., 916-339-1140. You can line up your questions, comments for the Sacktown Sports Kings Insiders. Brendan Nunez and Frankie Cardicelli. Hello, gentlemen. Brendan, you feeling better? Good to see you. Feeling way better. Feeling way better. Glad to be back. 
Good. You know? It's good to have you back. Feeling like we're in medieval times right now. We uh, well, th- it started last week. This is what happens when you don't show up. Yeah, I realize things, <laughs> things get off. Have, the have rails. you been? Have you been? I have. They they have not been. I haven't either. But they. I don't think you're you... so excited that. But Chris didn't. I've never even heard of. Chris didn't know really? it's like a thing. Like you go like sit and like they yeah. have horses and they're doing the jousting. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it on movies. Yeah. I know it's a thing. Yeah. From... Could you? You could never joust me. You could never joust me. Couldn't keep up. Couldn't keep up. I would run you off your horse, dog. Get out of here. I don't know if we'd be able to make it work, man. Excuse me? No, you guys would be great jockeys. What are you talking about? Our our arms aren't long enough. I have have great center of gravity. I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be fine. I'd be fine. All right, guys. Will the Kings be fine tonight against the Denver Nuggets? Frankie, you had a report that... You had a report that De'Aaron Fox was at shoot-around? Uh, according to our friend Chris Biederman. Mm-hmm. Friend of the he, show. He's out there in uh, the Mile High City, and it looks like he fully participated. He had a, had a sleeve on his left leg, so I'm I'm sure that he's going to try to give it a go. That's just the kind of guy he is. And I think Katie was on this morning just talking about how uh, it's so hard to have those guys miss games or have them sit out. It's not really an option right now. I mean, the Kings right now, like we talked about uh, last week, the, the West is too tough right now. And if you feel like you can give it a go, you got to do it. And it seems like there's nothing really structurally wrong with the knee. It's just a matter of bruising and, and pain tolerance. So, uh, no official word, but it looks like you know if he's out there for shoot and participating, he probably will give it a go tonight. I didn't get to see a good Brendan. You post you posted a clip of when it actually happened. Yeah, it was like around the three minute mark, I think, of the either first or second quarter, and it's just a normal drive to the basket, and he bangs yeah. knees with either Hawkes or or Highsmith, and then he's kind of limping around for a little while after yeah. the fact, but he finishes the game. And post game, as he's walking out, he says, "You know, he's fine. That he just banged knees. He would never tell us, right. to be honest, if he was certain. And that's nothing against him. He's a competitor, and I yeah. get it. Um, but it didn't look it didn't look that bad. We saw that against the Lakers too, didn't we? In that overtime game, didn't he? He twisted his ankle and then checked back in, and then uh, I think like he ended that. up missing a game or two, didn't he? With he the checked ankle? back in and then left again. Ah, that's what it was because they okay. did not finish with okay. Aaron playing, that's and right. then he missed." I think he missed a game or two. Yeah, or something I think it's like a matter that. of swelling at that point, too. Like with ankle injuries, right. I think sometimes it's like maybe, I don't know this. I'm wondering if you get a green light, just hey, it's something structural, go out there before it starts swelling. Because I think right. a lot of guys, Anthony Edwards last night, I could like, look like he wrecked that his ankle. That looked terrible. Yeah, I thought he tore his Achilles. I thought he, yeah, people were saying his Achilles, his ankle, whatever, his legs. And he comes back out and just completely threw down a massive dunk in the third quarter. Closes the game out. So. Who knows if something like that takes time for it to swell, or I don't know. But uh, De'Aaron, you know, finished the game. Seemed like he was fine after that. Like he was moving very well. We, Brendan and I were talking about how quick he he looked and how quick he was moving yeah. with that knee. Uh, but you know, it's it's a contusion, so I think it's pain tolerance. I don't, I really don't like to see little stuff with De'Aaron though. Like I feel like these little things add Shoulder, up for him throughout knee. the course of the year. Shoulder. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Before the All Star break, it's like okay, his shoulder's probably bothering him. There's still lingering ankle stuff, which I think will often be the case with him. But like, I think the team goes as far as De'Aaron takes him. You need a healthy A one De'Aaron. I mean, one thing that we don't talk about a lot. Chris and I were having a conversation because Becky Hammond was talking about Jalen Brunson again, and I said, you know, Jalen Brunson just doesn't look small to me. And and Chris said he kind of looks small to me. And we were going back and forth about it, and it was basically just because. Jalen Brunson is kind of thick. Yeah. yeah. Not not three C's, but he's got at least two C's <laughs> on him. And De'Aaron Fox, right? He's not really we don't view him as a small player, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Now you knock right. knees that there, there's no meat Nothing. there, yes. right? There's no meat protecting it. But he's not the biggest guy in the world. And I feel like maybe because it's Sacramento and a lot of national media don't talk a lot about De'Aaron anyway, but De'Aaron is kind of a smaller guard, no? 
I don't I don't view it that way. I mean, I was he a six three, six four? Six, four. Yeah, six, four. Four. he's six, taller, but he and is thinner. I think you missed the uh, the buff De'Aaron arc because there was a year okay, where he showed true. up where he was just completely. You know, I think Jack, it was, I think yeah. it was twenty 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 one. Yeah, uh, just I think he was about two hundred pounds at that point, or a little more over two hundred pounds, and uh, I think it kind of impacted his mobility and kind of his explosiveness. And mm-hmm. then the next year he came back and was a complete different shape. And then we all know what happened after that. He took off. So um, I don't I don't view him as a small guard though. I mean, he's six three, six four. He's able to, you know, hold his own in the post. I mean, I think Drew Holiday was someone I looked at in that matchup where De'Aaron was just dominated the first couple of years that that mm-hmm. he was facing off against Drew, and now because Drew's thick. Drew, I mean, yeah. yes, and Drew is able to use that weight in the post, and I think De'Aaron really had a tough time with that this year. You can see. I don't see De'Aaron getting posted up too much anymore. I don't see people trying to back him down. I think he can hold his own. I will give Tyrese credit, too, Tyrese Halliburton. I remember he had an interview earlier this year where uh, somebody asked him what's like something about De'Aaron nobody talks about, and he said strength. He was yeah. like, the dude is just like, he doesn't look like it, but he's he's got like freak strength abilities, like just, yeah, just is a crazy strong guy. And especially like, I, I do think he's a lot stronger than you might initially think. Mm-hmm. And especially like how quick he's going downhill, that paired with maybe some unexpected strength, I yeah. think goes well together. And it's funny you mentioned Drew Holiday. It's the first guy I thought of too, is not only him getting posted up, De'Aaron getting posted up by Drew, but the other way around. Yeah. Like, I think you see De'Aaron post guys up and not really be scared. I think, like, same thing with Jimmy Butler. He'll turn his back or can deal with Jimmy doing the same. So, I actually think De'Aaron is, yeah, stronger than you would think. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. We were just talking about it before the show. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, because to me, yeah, when I look at it and, you know, we we see them pretty close up, and I guess I've seen De'Aaron more close up than I've seen Jalen. But to me, the idea of the difference between, if we're talking measurables, and measurables don't really equal to the strength part of it, but if we're talking measurables – it's funny to me that somebody would say, yeah, De'Aaron is big enough to be a 1A on a championship team, but Jalen Brunson isn't. To me, it would be neither of them, and you need a 6'6 dude anyway, I guess is my whole point. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think that that's still, like, the question, that both of those guys still would need to take another leap, right? Mm-hmm. But they're early enough in their careers that that's still reasonable to be expected. I mean, I feel pretty good about De'Aaron Fox going to next year, too. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen now two years in a row him have huge leaps in his game, and I don't think there's a reason to think that's going to stop quite yet. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely on the the upwards trajectory. Guys, are we, are we ready to close the book? And I know you see Chris put in here, or I guess I put in here, fallout. From the Heat game, and now all I can think about is <laughs> Jimmy Butler in that Fallout Boy video, so and good. I did not do that on purpose. I hadn't even. That seen. was you. That was definitely that you. was definitely me, and I hadn't even seen the the video yet. But are we ready to close the chapter and move forward on the Heat game? Any last thoughts? I mean, we're pocket watching. We're watching these other teams, but you got to get. You cannot lose both of these games to Denver and Minnesota. It can't happen. No, and Brendan and I talked about it yesterday. We recorded a podcast and talked about how I think that that's kind of what has to happen. And I mean, it's not a neither are must wins, but we're at the point now where we're we're kind of getting to that point where must win games are approaching. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you do need to worry about that kind of stuff. And I think the Miami game, it's going to linger for you know at least for the next what how we have like seven hours till tip off. <laughs> it's it's going to linger because again, it's it's a tough loss. It's a yeah. tough reminder when you look at those games. And the Kings don't have a list; they have a long list of they games sure that. If the Kings miss the, the top six seed by two, three games, take your pick. Like, they've had so many blown opportunities. And 
I'm looking at the schedule ahead, and you can't have any more of those. Like, from this point on, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this team, if they want to be who they think they are, which is a playoff team, not a play-in team, you can't lose games like that. And again, they tip their cap to Miami after the game, as as we will as well, or have. They're good players in that lineup. Like, Bam Adebayo, good player. Jaime Jaquez looks like mm. a guy who's going to be a great player for for a while. Uh, DeLon Wright's been in the league for, for a long time. They have players that could have beat you, but the Kings are fully healthy. The Kings are on their home floor. You need to take care of business if you're the team that you think you are. And right now, they have a couple of these losses that are just really kind of loom and large when you look at the fact that a half game separates you from what being fifth or to eighth. Like, it's going to be tough. So, uh, tough matchup tonight, but you can't have any games like that going forward. I know, you, oh, go ahead. I know Miami was out without one of their all-stars, but they had one, and the Kings have none. You know, it's yeah. just as simple as that. That's, That's all a good it point. Is. That's, That's all it point. is. When You're we fool, get <laughs> when we get back, we took it easy on Jake Shapiro, analyst for DenverSports.com, our sister station, and he did say some things that that they bugged me, and we are going to discuss them with the Sacktown Sports Kings insiders as far as the matchup with the Nuggets. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Somebody asked the question on the sack chat. Shout out to the sack chat, by the way. Somebody asked the question when we were playing the yeah version of this medieval ward is the one who asked the question, is this the Nokia version of yeah? Nokia? Yeah, you like remember the, the Nokia, Nokia. Nokia yeah. phones. Oh, the Nokia. like a little, just the chimes of it? <laughs> the way you said Nokia made it sound like no Kia, like the car. No Kia. No, like you're, you're so putting lost. a pause there in between the no and the Kia. No Kia. No Kia. Yeah. That was bad. We're not doing the cool no, whip No, no, we're not going to do that. Even though Frankie wants to. We are joined by the Sacktown Sports <laughs> Kings insiders. Can't do it, man. Frankie Cardicelli and Brendan Nunez. And earlier, guys, we were joined by Jake Shapiro, analyst for DenverSports.com, our sister station out there in Denver. And he has some things to say. This was the first time... That we had him on the show. Very nice. We're still talking to each other right now on X. And he had some things to say that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. And essentially, not only is he saying that the loss to... We we know that the Nuggets haven't been full strength. He's saying you haven't seen the Nuggets full strength. Not only is he saying that last game before the All-Star break, he's throwing that one kind of in the trash, saying people were ready to go to Cabo. He's also throwing the game before. So the last two wins against the Kings, he's not really worried about. And he's saying this is the first time you guys are going to see the Nuggets full strength. And he then went on to say that essentially the Nuggets would probably like to see the Kings in the playoffs. First out of those teams. Can I say, first of all, how nice is that just to say, let's just throw games in the trash? That's just got to be super easy <laughs> well, I'm not, to say. He didn't, say, like? he didn't yeah. say throw it in the trash. He's saying... You can't do that. That's, that's no, not no, a no. thing. He's just saying maybe they weren't fully there. He's not saying that the Nuggets... He's saying that essentially the Nuggets may not have been fully there. He's not... Lo- it, it, it's not worrying him. Basically, long story short, those the 0-3 against the Kings is not worrying Jake Shapiro. I mean, I don't remember exactly who was out in which one, but they definitely were missing players in most of these it, games. Yeah, it's been pieces. Meanwhile, yeah. we're over here talking about we're undefeated against the champs. Well, one game was out Jamal without Jamal Murray. One game was without uh, without Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I think and then KCP, KCP missed two of them. KCP yeah. missed two of them. So yeah, sure. I mean, I guess to to the correct to his point, yes, we the Kings have not seen the Nuggets at full strength, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, how many times have the Kings faced teams that are missing guys and they lose or vice versa? Or the Kings, they went into Minnesota and they beat the T-Wolves without Keegan Murray. They're, it's the NBA. Like, anything goes in any, any given night. Like, yeah. wins are wins. Yeah. I don't look at it. Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon on the floor and they have the role players playing. I That's enough to get it done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, different matchup for sure. And if De'Aaron Fox wasn't playing, I think it would even magnify that, that the Kings would be in a little bit of trouble. But I think if De'Aaron's playing and you're going full tilt with this team, it's a great test. Both are rested. There's no back-to-back this time, which, again, to again to kind of go against his point, the Kings were on a back-to-back the, the last time that they played mm-hmm. in Denver, traveling to Denver. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, ma- a great matchup either way. And for the playoff series, I'm not sure how you guys feel. I think that they match up fine, like, as far as on-court goes, but playoffs are a different, a different beast. And I don't think you want to play the defending champs. As we learned last year, yeah. playing the defending champs in the first round typically isn't isn't a favorable thing. No, everybody is going to pick the Thunder because they have the least amount of experience. Everybody yeah. in the in the second tier is going to say, "Hey, if you could pick any team to play, it would be the Thunder." That's what I do. The next like team, the Kings last year, same thing. Right. The Kings like the Kings last year. last year. The next team, that's when things get a little interesting because I think a lot of people would say the T-Wolves just because they're the T-Wolves and yeah, sure, they've never gotten that far or this group hasn't gotten that far, but that's where it gets interesting where some people might say Denver, or if you're including the Clippers there, I think for the Kings, my list would go probably the the Thunder, and then the T Wolves, and then maybe Denver, and then the Clippers. I'm close to you. I think I would just swap Denver and the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. like I don't want anything to do with Denver. Yeah. I know the Kings just beat them three times. Like we mentioned, they were out some guys, but really to me, it's just. You see the Kings have these lapses defensively, taking half a sec to mm-hmm. uh, recognize the rotation. There's nobody that's going to punish that more than Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would can and often does tear apart the Kings' defense. It's just about winning the minutes without him. And I think the the Nuggets have struggled in those minutes a lot this year, the same way they did last year, um, and are starting to figure that out a little bit more, maybe keeping Jamal and Aaron Gordon on the floor at the same time. But – I'm just really scared of those Jokic minutes. The Kings, again, defensively, a lot of question marks, a lot of lapses. Jokic can absolutely just kill you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it's pretty obvious that to me that Denver is just, they're just a better version of what the Kings do. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why the Kings are trying to build to the point that they are Denver. It's because Denver is pretty much already there in the Kings' eyes, and they're close. I mean, it was interesting to hear Jake kind of lay out the building process of the the Nuggets because it sounded very similar, eerily similar to what we got going on here from, you know, Jamal. Uh, he said Jamal taking a step defensively and, and really becoming a factor on that end is what turned them to another level. You're seeing that with De'Aaron. He said uh, Michael Porter Jr., him playing defense and getting rebounds was really the thing that took him to another level. You see that with Keegan. He also mentioned their shortcoming, like Brendan just said, they can't find backup center minutes, and that's the same exact struggle with the Kings. So it feels like in all the elements in which Denver might struggle, the Kings really aren't positioned to take advantage of those things. So, I mean, I'd probably be more so with Brendan where I, just, I would not want to play Denver at all. I don't care if the Kings even win today and they go 4-0 and on Denver in the season. I I just I'm, – I'm afraid of them. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Jake did say if the Kings win tonight with – Denver being fully loaded, then he would say, okay, we might have a matchup or some type of issue here. Yeah. I mean, they're good enough to beat anyone. 
the Kings. Like I, I think that they can be competitive with anybody. Now I'm just finish the not statement. favoring them in any of those. Right. What about right. Dallas though? I mean, I'm looking at that's one team. I think that Brendan and I are working on, a, on an article right now, a collaboration post, and I even I left out Dallas. Like Dallas is a team that they look different post break, but is that a team as well? Like you, you say, you don't want Denver. Minnesota, I think you were saying, uh, Alan. Yeah, Minnesota's I was just doing okay the top four. I was just saying the teams that the Kings might have to face. Does, da- does Dallas' Dallas's moves, have they done enough to kind of say, okay, maybe the Kings should avoid them? Because I feel like they, on paper, the Kings match up pretty well with Dallas. And they've played mm-hmm. Dallas very well on the road. Two road wins this year. They haven't even played them a goal than one. They have a, a home, two games in the same week at home coming up in a couple of weeks. But is that a team you want to avoid as well? Or is it just kind of the avoid Denver's and the Clippers? I think avoid is probably too strong with Dallas. I don't think I would love to go against Kyrie and Luca, but at the end of the day, like that's I'd much rather go against them than what the Clippers got going on and what you know what Minnesota does. So I, it's not that I would want to, but um, you know I, I don't think that they're 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 definitely more scary with PJ and and Daniel Gafford. But at the same time, you see them choke away the game yesterday. That like was ridiculous. They have a lot of uh, similar DNA as, as what the Kings do. Like, there's a reason why all of these teams are all in the same tier. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of blemishes in in those middle ground teams. So I I don't you know I think go, again going against Luca in a playoff series, you're asking to get 35 10 and 10 uh, the entire series. It's just a matter of if you feel like the Kings three through seven guys are better than Dallas's three through seven. And we're going to see if the three through seven for the Kings are better than the Nuggets three for seven tonight. When we get back, we will discuss the keys to the game and what the Kings need to do to get back on the winning side of things. Can we get a beam? Can we get a beam? Siles and Watkins with the Sackdown Sports Kings insiders, Frankie Cardicelli and Brendan Nunes, when we get back.